this is the fourth installment in this series. It'll probably be the, the final one of the series. And so everybody say, ah, yeah, that was way more sincere than the first service. So I appreciate that. Uh, what, what, what this series has been, uh, in a nutshell, try to encapsulate uh, three weeks. But basically, we've been talking about freedom. What is freedom? That's, that's a good question. A lot of people don't know what it is. Some people think they know what it is, but they don't have it. But ultimately, it's in your spiritual journey, you get stuck. And you're not moving forward. You're not growing. You're not uh, what we call or what the Bible calls overcoming in this life. Because life has a lot of challenges, problems, difficulties to it that knock us down. But, you know, in, in Christianity, it's not the greatest analogy, but we got to be like a weeble wobble, you know? we got to just, like, bounce back. Remember that? Anybody? Am I dating myself right now? Weebles wobble, but they... Okay. Some of the next generation is going, whew! Uh, yeah. Anyway, but we got to bounce back. And, and, in fact, we really need to be able to hit back. And so what we talked about was some weapons that help us fight and overcome uh, in this life. And we talked about the weapon of the blood of Jesus, a very unique, um, for some people, doctrine, but we, we understood it in terms of like this part, but how does it help us in the here and now? We talked about that. We talked about the weapon of praise, how to get your praise on, that God gave us this, this opportunity to be able to exalt him, which really kind of deflates and, and minimizes and shrinks and gives us perspective on our problems in the here and now. And, and as he becomes great, our problems become lesser. And, and then last week we talked about, I, I, my favorite was last week's, um, because I think it's so relevant, even though it's kind of maybe difficult to explain, but I, we talked about strongholds. How many here last week for strongholds? If you, didn't, if you didn't listen to that service, go online, go to our YouTube channel or our website. Please, please listen to that. But a stronghold uh, is a mindset. It's a mindset. It's a, 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 a value system, a way we look at life that hinders growth. It hinders your ability to progress. And so there's different things that we do to allow a stronghold into our lives. And sometimes what I often say is a foothold can ultimately become a stronghold, which ultimately can become a chokehold. And so we need to learn how to overcome strongholds. That was last week. But today, I'm going to give you a more unusual uh, weapon. And this is born out of uh, uh, kind of a personal uh, transformation in my own life, really over many years, but really kind of... Uh, intersected during my sabbatical when I was away uh, this summer. And um, this one helps you not just find out what's wrong, obtain freedom, but I would say probably more than anything helps you maintain your freedom. And we're going to talk about uh, rest. Everybody say rest. And so this, this weapon um, came, it hit me hard when I was watching. It was born out of a Jason Bourne movie. God speaks to me in weird ways, okay? He speaks to me through tacos and steaks and, and, and you know, and Chick-fil-A and things like that and, and Jason Bourne movies. And so there's the trilogy, um, Bourne Ultimatum, Bourne Supremacy, Bourne Identity. And I, I remember the Bourne Supremacy movie, uh, Jason Bourne basically is explaining to somebody that rest is a weapon. And the context of this was he's an agent slash assassin who is... Uh, he needs to take out certain enemies, and he basically said, in order for me to overcome my enemies, I have to rest more than they do to defeat them. And something popped inside my spirit. In fact, I felt like, and this would be weird for some of you, but I talk to God, God talks to me periodically, and God said to me, son, rest is a weapon, and you don't know anything about it, and I'm going to teach you. 
And so that became like the overarching uh, mantra, not only of the Jason Bourne movie, which it was, but of my sabbatical. Now, some of you don't know this, but I was away. I had my first sabbatical, you know, kind of professional, personal sabbatical of my entire career. I've been in ministry for 28 years. I've been doing this for 28 years. And I was kind of um, getting, to, you know, there's a, I think it's an NF song. No, it's, a, I don't know. Anyway, it's the song about grinding. Yeah, it's NF. It's who it is. Some of you guys don't know who I'm talking about. Anyway, I'm a gym rat, so we got to listen to stuff like that. Um, but I was just in this grind, and I wasn't, I wasn't able to kind of maintain um, the momentum, the grace, the energy. I was feeling, de- I, was, I was starting to feel a little bit depleted. And so went into this kind of rest period and just asking God really to kind of help me find, you know, get my, get my game back, get my, my mental bank account, my spiritual and emotional bank account filled up again. And when I began to see rest right, everything began to change. Um, and, and rest is, is connected to like finding, lear, learning rhythms to your life. There's, it's, rest isn't just stop, but it's, it's about rhythm. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But for you, depending on where you're at in your life, this becomes more relevant, I think, the older you get, because typically you have more responsibility as you get older. And so rest is going to become more and more important to you. But it's often the thing that is just pushed aside, you know, um, put away. We don't need it. But whenever the pressure's on, the responsibility and weight of life is on you, what happens is whatever is on you eventually comes out of you. It's, it's an eventuality. If you keep pushing that stuff down, it's eventually going to come out. In fact, people say things like um, when somebody does something uh, negative, uh, egregious, you know, people say things like, well, that was out of character for him. Well, oh, that was so out of character for her. The truth is whatever they did was in them, and it came out of them. What was out of character was they didn't release it the right way, so it ended up coming out the wrong way. That's the part of the character that was messed up. Is everybody tracking with me right now? Everybody with me? Okay, so when the pressure's on, uh, something's going to come out if we don't get it out the right way. And so uh, as, a, as a point of illustration, because some of you are not getting what I'm talking about, so I'm going I'm to try to show you what I mean. Okay, this is in honor of... Um, <sighs> What's, the, what's the, 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 the movie with First Blood and, and Rambo. Rambo, the Rambo. This is in Rambo 3, isn't it? Like the, Rambo 29, isn't that out right now? <laughs> He's like 90 years old right now, okay? <laughs> Still ripped, though, you know what I mean? It's like crazy. Anyway, whatever, like life is, whatever goes in eventually has to come out. So whatever you put in here, right, is, is, is supposed to, it's going to come out here. But what happens is we have pressure, we have a certain amount of pressure. Now, some of you are able to maintain your, the pressure. Like, you're good at, at keeping the crazy intact. You're keeping your crazy in check. But then eventually, you know, the, the pressure gets a little bit harder. It gets a little bit crazier. You know, you're at work. You're like, I got this. I got this. And you're handling it. And you're handling it maybe not in the best way. You're not doing it the way God would intend you to do. And then all of a sudden, they close your department. Not like, oh, man, I got this, I got this. And then your boss quits. You know, I got this, I got this. And, 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 and then before you know it, they, they got layoffs. One-third of the company gets laid off. All of a sudden, there's a tax bill that comes out of nowhere, and, and there's some major repair, and, you, and you're starting to freak out. And the pressure is just building and building and building. This doesn't have a pistol on it, so don't worry about it. Nothing's going to come out. Okay. <laughs> some of you... 
some of you, you are, you are so much pressure that like the smallest thing will set you, oh, just, the smallest thing can totally set you off before you know it. Pressure, pressure. Let me get you back there, back there, back there. Some people are asking, they're like, let it rain, let it rain. <laughs> All right, I'll be nice. <laughs> Front row, I've been nice. See, what happens is, how do, you, how, do you, how do you deal with that pressure? God has an answer for some of the pressures that we have in our life because it's going to come out. I saw a lady just recently, I was driving, and, and she was on the phone. She had groceries in her hand and a baby. I felt like I was in the Dominican Republic. Like, <laughs> If like seven people on a little concha, you know what I mean? It's like, and so this, this, this lady, she, she's screaming and yelling. All of a sudden, she drops the groceries. Then she starts cussing at the sky. The kid starts doing a tantrum. She puts the kid down. She's trying to get the groceries. She's trying to scoop the kid up like a rag doll. And she just went, what was going on? Tons of pressure just coming out, just crazy. And that can go all the way to extremes. We talked about this a couple weeks ago where two guys in kind of the Christian world, high-profile leaders, uh, take their lives. See, if we don't learn how to deal with the pressure right, we're going to deal with the pressure wrong. And so, the, you know, my, one of the mentors in my son's and I life, his name is Pastor Larry Stockstill, they, they asked him, why do you think that happened? He said, the root cause of that pressure was the pressure to produce, produce, produce. Sometimes there's a pressure in your profession. Sometimes there's a profession with your stage. Sometimes there's a, uh, uh, a pressure in your personal life. Sometimes it's an inner drive that's it's pushing you to these limits to, to do different things. Look at what Luke 21 says. In your notes, it says, this isn't just for everybody else. It says, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down. Your hearts be weighed down. That's talking about your interior life, not your exterior. With what? With dissipation. Everybody say dissipation. I'll come back to that. And drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day, what day? A sudden, unpredictable day. It's going to come upon you like a trap. See, what happens is, if you keep dealing with that pressure the wrong way, it's building up, it's building up, it's building up, and you don't see what's happening. It's like this water bottle over here. If I took, I'm not going to spray anybody, don't worry, but if I took this cap off and I left that there, you come back the next day, it's, it's about the same. You come back a week later, you come back six months later, and there's evaporation. Evaporation and dissipation are very similar. You can't see it's happening, but it's happening beneath the surface. Something that you need real bad to be able to deal with the things that are real bad has been evaporating or dissipating in your life. And then all of a sudden, like a sinkhole, whew, you're walking and you fall into a, into a deadly trap. And you wonder, how did this happen? That's what I want to talk to you about. Because we often don't see it coming. We don't see what's going on, the traps of life. And we sometimes have to pull to a higher elevation, get kind of a 30,000-foot view or somehow get a perspective on what's happening. A lot of people think they're fine. No, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, until a trial. It's amazing, it's amazing, amazing. People neglect their interior life, and then all of a sudden, a spouse cheats on them. All of a sudden, there's a sickness that comes in your life. All of a sudden, you lose your job. Sinkhole, rug pulled out from underneath you, but your interior life is so depleted and weak, you're not able to sustain, uphold, or handle those situations. Is everybody with me right now? And so you could be looking like it's good, but you're hydroplaning on temporary momentum. It, you're going forward, but you're actually hydroplaning. It's actually dangerous. Is everybody getting the picture? 
And so personally, a lot of this will be for me, but you get to hear it. It's like, I, I don't want to just have a full head up here, study a bunch of stuff, and then tell you some stuff. I want to have a full spirit. I actually spent less time preparing for this message than any message in the last five years. How's that? Does it make you feel happy? <laughs> this is going to be awesome. What will he say? I don't know. No, but, but because I'm going to keep my priorities. I was going to make sure that I had devotions with God this morning and yesterday, and I'm going to spend time with my grandkids, and I'm not going to work myself to the bone at the expense of my interior life and my spirit being full. Does that make sense to everybody? I don't want to minister from a half full cup or even an empty cup. And a lot of us, you got to see, you can't live, you can't work, you can't, Derek, minister from an empty cup. Jesus modeled this. He had crazy nuts going all around him all the time, Mark chapter 1 and other places. You look at his day, it was way worse than any of ours. Major, major, praying for people, got to say, got to do this, got to do that, got to raise the dead, got to cast out demons. People showing up to his house to the middle of the night. Next morning gets up, goes off to a solitary place and refuels and replenishes his soul. How do we improve our spiritual health? Well, I think we, we, to, to maintain freedom, we have to see this big idea. Write this down. When we rest, God goes to work. When we rest, that's when God goes to work. Now, when I'm talking about resting, I'm not just talking about taking a nap, though I am saying that can be really good for some of you. Sometimes a nap is the most spiritual thing you can do. Just don't do it right now. Turn to your neighbor and just make sure nobody's sleeping right now. Okay. Okay? It's not a good time. That's, that's, that's the devil. Say, so does the devil come to church? Yes. It's in the person that's sleeping right next to you, okay? <laughs> but this rest is referring to, it's just a modern term for the term Sabbath. Sabbath means, listen, listen, to cease from striving. Stop your striving. It's, Sabbath means to recreate oneself. It's not just stop. That's part of it, but it's also do something that is replenishing, that is recreating you. That's why sometimes a Sabbath for me is, it, it looks different than it may look for you. But whatever it is, stop your striving and do something that is helping you build your interior life. It could be relational, a spiritual discipline. It could be recreational. I like all of those. Okay, and so sometimes to have rest, get this, it's not about work, 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 no rest, but sometimes you have to work to get to rest. If you really want a good night's sleep, right, you have to sort of prepare for, before you go to bed. You got to turn down the sheets. You got to get your jammies on. You know, you, you, some of you got to have like a quart of a Haagen-Dazs before you go to bed. I don't know what you guys do. Some of you got to change 1,200 kids' diapers and put them down and have a few minutes to yourself to kind of decompress. Some of you, like me, wear weird glasses and earplugs and 17 pillows. But once you're there, after all that work, it's like, kumbaya, my Lord. Right? It's awesome, right? But you had to work to enter that rest. The Bible talks about this. Hebrews 4, 9, look what it says. It says, so then there remains, that means it was there, now it's still there, a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his work as God did from his. So God modeled for us this Sabbath rest, not because he was tired or weary. Isaiah 40 tells us he's never tired, he's never weary. God wasn't like, oh, I'm exhausted, I got to take a break, these kids are wearing me out. No, God was doing this to model for us and to set an example for us so that we should follow in his footsteps. Then it says this. Look at this. Let us therefore strive. I thought you said don't strive. Don't strive by yourself. Strive to get to rest. You got to work at it. Strive to enter what? That rest, that Sabbath rest, so that what? No one may fall. 
So God's trying to say to you, to keep you from losing your freedom, see, we're, we're, we're learning how to find our freedom, discover what it is, get free, but also maintain our freedom. I'm more or less giving you, this is how you do it. You have to rest so that you won't fall from this place. So one of the things I'm trying to do is maintain what I obtained when I was on my sabbatical by practicing a Sabbath on a regular routine basis so I can keep what he gave me. Is everybody with you? Okay, you need to do the same thing because if you're working too hard at something, uh, then you should work hard at getting to rest. Like everybody's working for the weekend, they're, they're doing something that doesn't replenish. But there is something about that that's right. Work not to have fun, but work to replenish your soul. That's what God wanted for us. So when you have this rest period, what happens is it reveals your true health picture. When you actually take a Sabbath, you take a day off every week, and you, you enjoy God, you enjoy God's creation, you put him in the first position in your life, you, 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 you reflect on your day. When you do that, it will reveal your true health picture. How do we find out our true health picture in the natural? Well, one of the most common ways to do that is to, is to uh, take your pulse. In fact, the best time to do that is first thing in the morning. You get what's called a resting heart rate, right? Anybody ever heard this term before? Resting heart rate? And somewhere between 60 beats per minute and 100 beats per minute is like the average heart rate. And an athlete could be as low as 35 beats per minute. And bottom line is the slower you can get your heart rate, the better you feel, the better, the better your health picture. What if we could get a stethoscope and put it on our spiritual heart to, to measure our spiritual condition? How do we do that? Rest. Because when you rest, it reveals a lot about yourself. You get, during rest periods, you get to see where your heart gravitates, where your thought life goes, where, what are your wants and what are your needs or what you think your wants and needs are. And God revealed to you what really meets those things. And you get to see those things during periods of rest. God reveals a ton. Your thought life is one of the biggest things that shows up when you take a period of rest off. A.W. Tozer said, our thoughts are the decoration inside the sanctuary of which we live. You get to see kind of the condition and the health picture. And Sabbath, guys, was created for you. The Bible says it was created for, for man, not for God. It's one of the commandments, number four, of the top ten commandments from God. You know, we, would, we don't think twice about, well, we can't murder and we, we can't covet our neighbor's wife and we can't steal. We all know that. But we throw away the Sabbath as if it's not a commandment. It's a commandment. But it's not, it's something that was created for us, not against us. Because God wants to bring rhythm to your life. The whole universe was designed in rhythm. The oceans have rhythm. Your breathing has rhythm. Music was built with rhythm. Even the, the, the agriculture, the, the plants and the crops of the earth, God set it up so that every seven years you weren't supposed to plant. You weren't supposed to harvest. Why? So the soil could be replenished. So that everything that was stripped from it over the six, seven years what, that was taken out could be put back in. God wants to do the same thing to you during a rest period. Is everybody with me? Nothing was created to produce all the time, including you. In fact, whatever you're producing at some point in time is not what it could be or should be if you practice rest. Rest. In Genesis, God created Adam and Eve on the sixth day. What's interesting is on the seventh day, God rested. So Adam and Eve's first day was a day with God and each other to rest. 
God was trying to say something to us. It's a priority. And I want to encourage you as your pastor, you need rest. Some of you, you don't have your motivation to serve God anymore. Some of you, 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 you haven't shed a tear in worship. Some of you, it's, it's a drudgery to, 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 to be selfless, uh, to be a giver. Because You know why? It's because you're depleted. It's because the soil of your heart is depleted, and God wants to revitalize that. He wants to kind of give you your heart back. And so I, I received some revelations from rest. Here's the first one that I got. These are personal, but I learned that, that rest is, is not a wep- it's weapon, not a weakness. It wasn't a weakness. See, I was raised and conditioned in so many terms that, that, that people who just kind of take t- a lot of time off, they're low achievers, naval gazers, small-time people. My, my daddy, you know, who I love and respect dearly, but, but he would tout and brag about how many hours he put in every day. Uh, work and worth were his identity, and it affected me, positively and negatively. I, I'm a hard worker. I've always been a hard worker, but there's a, there's a positive side to that, and there's a negative side to that. Is everybody with me? Because sometimes there were times when I needed my dad, and my dad wasn't there. There were times where I... My, my uh, iPad just kicked the bucket. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Anyway, it's resting. It's resting. You want to take a nap? Could you do it at a different time? I was talking to the people about that, and I'm literally t- totally doing a reset. So can somebody get my phone in the back? I can use that. So here's a scripture that's going to come up right after that. What's that next scripture about weakness? It's um, Isaiah. Come on. You got it? No, no, nobody can do anything, apparently. Okay, everybody's taking a rest. Okay, so here's what. Look at the scripture. It's amazing. It says, for thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest. Everybody say return. And rest. So there's two things. So it's talking about returning to God and his ordinances, but also in rest that you find salvation. You're rescued. In quietness... Who and trust shall your strength return? So you you get stronger in those times of recovery and those times of rest. Is everybody with me? Thanks, baby doll. And you can give me this back whenever that decides to wake up and say hello to us. Uh, that's awesome. This is no, I'm I'm good. I'll just follow these people. This is so great. So what happens is with when in recovery time. Um, you know that there's, there's the difference between idle time and recovery time. See, a lot of people are resting, but you're idle. You're not doing something that's replenishing. You're just wasting time. So during those rest periods, you want to do something that replenishes you. I, I learned in, in, you know, with training and, and weight training and things like that, there have to be periods of, like, active recovery. You can't just work out, work out, work out, work out, or you can, but eventually you're not going to produce you're not going to, you, you, you got to have a tear, but you got to have a repair. The same way is true in our um, spiritual lives. What are you doing? But during those periods of quietness, the devotions, the morning devotions, those experiences that you're having uh, with God alone, when that's going on, you know what's happening? You're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. Are you guys having those times alone with God? Is everybody with me today? Okay, now it says your phone's offline, and so this is just an awesome test of patience and awesomeness. Okay, here's the second point. Write this down. The second point is God wanted us to be present over being productive. This was one thing that I needed desperately, and I didn't realize how important this was in my life, but I really struggled in this area. Show the scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at this. So 
This is how this speaks to me. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while, a little time, and then it vanishes. What this was saying to me is that your life's like this. It's just like a blink. It's a flash in the pan. But we're hold on to it so tightly. You know, we need to, one guy said, you got to wear life like a loose garment. We hold on to it so tightly. But as, as a result, we miss the moments. We miss these incredible moments that we can have with loved ones, we can have with each other. Like one of the things that my daddy, um, I didn't see this till later in life. My grandfather died at a very early age. And when he died, thank you. Oh, I got all this tech coming my way. So when he, okay, thank you. When he died, my grandfather died, uh, he died at 59 years old. And he was a hard, hard, hard worker. That's where, the, uh, my, that side of the family, that's where we get it from, is from my grandfather. He was just a beast when it came to work. And sixth grade education, was a self-made millionaire, absolutely very, very successful as a person. And, um, but he wasn't there in those critical moments, some of the biggest moments, biggest days in my father's life, because he didn't take care of himself. So he neglected to take care of him, himself physically. A lot of people are not present for some of the biggest moments in one's life because uh, we're running and gunning trying to provide something that nobody's asking us for. Right. Is everybody with me? So I think we got to be careful that we don't, we don't let, um, you know, the, the productivity take over from the importance of, of being present. And, of course, I uh, pulled up the uh, wrong message. That's awesome. This is, this is awesome. This is an incredible experience that I'm having right now to... Practice being present, okay? And so, sorry, one second. I want to get to my notes, and because there's something I wanted to say that's in this particular point that's huge. Are you guys enjoying yourself out there? Can you handle this? I can handle it if you can handle it, but anyway, I don't know what happened to my computer. That was crazy. Um, you know, I, I used to struggle with being, some of you are worry warts, but some of you are hurry warts. I used to be that way. I used to think to myself, you know, Oh, you, you, you get out to go to lunch, and you're kicking up the dust with your feet. You're, you're going so fast, you can't stop, right? Um, not until it's literally showing. There you go. It's showing. Awesome. I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it until it's really there. You're awesome, baby. Team ever. Team ever. Team ever. Team ever. Okay, so... <laughs> Some of you are hurry words. Like you, my wife and I used to go on a walk and I used to be bad. I, I would be like five steps ahead of her and she would be back there and she'd say, um, do you want to get out ahead of me or do you actually want to walk with me? <laughs> now, I was smart enough not to say what I was thinking. Because <laughs> what I was thinking was, hurry up and we can walk together. <laughs> How many know, <laughs> don't say that, right? That's a problem. We don't do that. We're not going to get too far in life if we do stuff like that. But, <laughs> but that was something that I, I did a lot in my life. Some of us, you know, are very, like, just compulsive, you know, gotta, just got to keep moving and going and growing. And so, you know, I think we should start a supportive group for compulsive, you know, worry warts. And that could be one of our small groups. And, and what will happen is you'll always be on time and you get out on time. Okay, so everybody will like that group, all right? When, when, we, when we went to uh, um, Alaska, the first week of our cruise, the captain, we were out there seeing a glacier, this epic picture. And everybody's behind their camera. And the captain, it was literally like the voice of God. He got out there and he basically says, you know, this is my translation paraphrase. For the love of Moses, people. Get out from behind your camera because that will never replace or be able to demonstrate to the rest of the world what you could see right now with your own eyes. Don't miss the moments. 
Sometimes we're so conscious of being productive that we are not present. My wife used to say, again, I'll just use her because she's been so helpful, but she, she used to, when I, would fall, when I would be all about you, I'd be all about the people, saving the world but losing things back home. And so she would have a come-to-Jesus meeting, and she was Jesus in the meeting. <laughs> and she'd say, the kids need you, I need you, you're not present. And in so many words, every single time I'd pull out this victim card and I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd have a reason or I'd say it's just a season. This is what you guys do and what sometimes you ladies do. I got a reason or it's just a season. And finally she would just say, no, it's not a reason, it's not a season, it's an excuse, and it's you. And I think sometimes God is trying to get your attention and just trying to get you to stop, cease from your striving. Are you with me, everybody? Number three, write this down. Uh, ministry work can be rewarding, but it's not always replenishing. It's not always replenishing. Now, I, I had to learn this the hard way. I thought by doing good things for people, that's the reward. Well, there is a reward, but it's, an out, it, it, it's, it's, it's taking from you. It's not necessarily putting back into you. You need to have times of replenishment. This, this is just my world. You have your own front stage. But there's a front stage and a backstage to everybody's life. The front stage is the doing part, and the backstage is the being part, the interior part. I can tell you right now, this stage looks good, but if I showed you the closet back there, <laughs> it's not so good, I promise you. And there are closets in your life that are dark and dingy and dirty, and you wouldn't let anybody go there, guess what? You haven't been there in a long time either. And the front stage and the backstage of your life are inextricably linked to each other. And your success here ultimately will be affected by your health in your backstage, in your private world. I could tell you a lot about that, but in my world, I know a pastor. He's in a small group with my wife and I. He's a very high-profile pastor, and he fell. And he's a great man, but he fell. He, he became susceptible to the, the addiction of the stage, the approval of the people. And I put this in my notes. God spoke to me and said, some things people applaud in your public life will become the poison in your private world. See, there needs to be a balance between what is happening behind you and not just what's happening outside of you. John Wesley, who is known to change the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but he used to have small groups, not just big meetings. He called them bands, bands, B-A-N-D-S, like small groups. And he started every band on Tuesday nights with a question to all the men. He'd say, what is the condition of your soul? I'll just let that stick for a second because I don't have time, but I'm going to take time on that one. See, because I don't even think we know how to answer that question, let alone are we doing something about it. There's a, there's a connection. And for you to have a healthy soul, you need periods and times of rest. Is everybody with me? This is huge. See, truth be told, if you don't get a rest, you're running and gunning all the time. Your toil will not produce what it once produced. Just like the soil can't produce what it once produced, you can't produce. Look at the scripture, Jeremiah 31, 25. For I will satisfy the weary soul, and every languishing soul I will replenish. When does he do that? When you rest. See, languishing, it means to fail to make progress or be successful. Some of you have been working so hard. You think the answer is work harder. No. No, the answer is work smarter. No. The answer is stop working. Let God go to work. But when you're not working, 
strive to enter into rest with him and replenish your soul and then go back out and do it again and you will produce once again more than you did before. Is everybody with me? So you will, you will fail to be successful. Some of you keep hitting a lid. You can't break through in that business. You can't get success in your family. Your marriage keeps struggling. And you're trying to do, 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 and hold it all together and spin the plates and spin the plates and spin the plates. You're toiling because you're languishing. But God wants to make your weary soul be replenished in times away with him. Number four, write this down. High output needs high input. I'm a high output person. I'm an A-type personality. Not everybody's A-type personality, but I'm speaking to you probably the most. You're kind of a doer. I get up. I don't get up slow. That's my wife. I get up and go. And, and I've just always been that way. But there has to be a balance. It's not all, you need something that's pouring into you as not necessarily equivalent by minutes as what's coming out of you, but by value. It has to have a commensurate weight or value going into you to be able to help you with the weight that you're carrying on the outside. Is everybody with me? And so, again, I've seen this in so many people's lives. But the Apostle Paul, he talked about this in one place in the Bible. Where he said, all these things have happened to me, happened to me, all these negative, negative, negative. And he says, but, but not only, that's not all. I have the weight of the church. Some of you have the weight of people, sometimes the weight of your family, the weight of your finances, the weight of your future. Uh, all these different things are on top of you. You have to be able to have a counterbalance for all of that weight or you'll get out of, out of balance. You'll get knocked off. There's a story about a sailor. He's the most successful solo sailor at the time in the 90s. His name was Michael Plant. And he uh, he'd actually logged 100,000 miles on the sea by himself. And he bought this incredible... Uh, sailboat, and he was going to go race it, but he had to go across the Atlantic to even make the race. It was, I guess, 11,000 miles. And while he's going to the place uh, to race, he's 11 days with no contact. Nobody can find him, but nobody's worried about him because he's the best sailor in the world. Eventually, they, 32 days later, they find that his boat is capsized and no sign of Michael Plant. In fact, when they see the boat, they see that the sail is still rigged and the mast 85 feet down into the ocean was pointed down. Um, the, the rudders are still there. But the 8,400-pound ballast, the weight, the counterbalance underneath the keel of the boat had not been screwed on tightly and was at the bottom of the ocean. And that's why it flipped, and that's why Michael Plant died. And any sailor knows that there has to be more weight beneath the surface than there is above it. The only way you're going to be able to sustain the weathers, the torrent, the winds of life is if there's, there's enough weight underneath the hood of your life. And you find that and you develop that muscle to carry that in times of rest. That's why you need to have morning devotions. You get up early. I get up early before people get up. The only people that are up at that time are me and my son-in-law. Ungodly hours sometimes. But, it, but it's, it's how I reset. It's how I carry the weight. I'd rather spend time with God sometimes than sleep because I get more out of it. And again, sleep's important. How are, you, how are you building that part of you? Sometimes you need to be in a small group so that you have other people that are going in the same. Well, I don't know these people. See, you do a lot of things you don't, when you don't know people because you want to grow with those people. But when it comes to our emotional and spiritual health, we all make it about our connection, our chemistry. It's just interesting that we don't apply the same rules to our spiritual and emotional development that we do in other parts of our life. It's just an excuse. We need to sit under the word. It's why it's so important to make these times. This is where you're being replenished right now. This is part of your Sabbath to receive the word. It's not my Sabbath, but your Sabbath. My Sabbath's tomorrow. Your Sabbath's today. 
Is everybody with me right now? All right, my last point. Write this down. Your true spiritual condition. Rest reveals your true spiritual condition. See, during this time of rest, I was confronted by my own depravity. I got to see the good, bad, and ugly of my life. Because when you strip away the roles, you strip away the responsibilities, you strip away the tasks and the goals and the accomplishments, what are you, Derek? Better yet, who are you? I got to see kind of what, what's up. I, the, the Holy Spirit was able to get in there. Psalm 139 says, investigate my life, O God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine. Test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself, Lord, whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. This was my getting on the self-examination table and letting the Holy Spirit, the doctor, probe and prod and kind of look at the parts of my life. And then it's a time to unplug and plug in more to the things that will help me. Why? Because I need this time. Look at me now. Don't disconnect. Because you're going to go back out into life, and it's going to be crazy. It's going to be a storm. It's going to be wild. See, God wants to help you be so strong internally that you can have peace externally. It's as if you could fall asleep in the middle of the storm. Jesus did that in the natural. In fact, in Matthew chapter 8, it says, Behold, there arose a great storm on the sea. All the disciples are freaking out. And Jesus is on the boat while it's being swamped by the waves, sleeping on a cushion. How did he do that? Because the ballast and the keel were connected to the boat. He had more weight beneath the surface than they had above it. They're freaking out because what they see, but he was secure and he was confident in his identity in relationship with God that he would, he would overcome it. He would be free from it. He didn't have to worry about it. He had peace within. Some of you can't go to sleep at night and find your peace in the middle of your storm. God wants you to have that kind of freedom, but he wants to teach you how to rest. He wants you to see rest is a weapon. Amen? I'd like you to stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray for two groups of people, but I'm going to pray for you the way the Holy Spirit prayed for me. I was going to my garage just a little while ago after my tail end of my sabbatical, and I was looking for a tool. And when I, when I was looking for my tool, I came across this level. Everybody's seen a level before. And I forgot that this was even in there. And, you know, you use this to kind of see if the picture's right on the wall or I don't know. I'm not a carpenter. That's as far as I can go. <laughs> anyway, but I do remember I was picking this up and, and it was kind of at an angle when I was looking at it. I was like, wait a second, that's, that's that one. But what about this one? And as soon as I did this, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Derek, I want to give you your bubble back. I want you to get your bubble back. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm trying to get your life balanced again, where the, the weight and the muscle beneath the surface is, is as strong as the weight that you're going to face above the surface. Some of you need to get your bubble back. You're out of balance. You need your rhythm, and you need to learn the weapon of rest. Would you close your eyes and let me pray for you? If you know that this message is witnessing to your spirit, you know that something's going on inside, he's trying to check you, he's trying to... You need, a, you need a refresh. You need a reboot. You need, you need to be replenished in your spirit, man. If that's you, you know he's talking to you. I want you to raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. Pray for me. It's all over the room. It's all over the room. We're tired and we're weary. Let me speak the scripture over you. You can put your hand on your heart. This is Matthew 11 from the message. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. 
Come to me. Get away with me and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. For every person, God, that is struggling with that, that, that ability to stop, to cease in their striving, oh God, I pray that they would, just, they would just say yes to God. Sometimes you have to say no so you can say yes. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that so I can say yes to this important part of my life. God, I pray for a reset in the routines. I pray for a hunger and thirst after time alone with God. I pray, Lord, that they be hungry for your word, hungry for moments of worship, hungry, Lord God, for even a good book that nourishes that weakness. Lord, strengthen them in their walk with God. Help them see the benefits of rest of the toil and the weariness and that condition that they're stuck in, Lord God, would be broken in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for that word. I thank you, Lord, that every one of us is receiving it now. Now, as we begin to worship God, I'm just going to encourage you uh, in just a second. There's some people here, though, that are far from God. You don't know. You, you haven't made that initial connection. And if that's you and you're, you know you're far away from God and you're listening online, I'd like you to just do me a favor. I'd like you to raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to pray. I want to make sure I'm in, I'm in right standing with God. I'm in relationship with God. I don't want to leave today without knowing Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Good night. If you're online, you can go ahead and click that little thing on the bottom. God bless you. Yes, yes. If anybody else, just say, that's me. That's me. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And as we, as we pray this prayer together, church, would you join these people that made this decision that said yes to God? Just join me with Just say, Jesus, today I surrender my life. I release control to you. I thank you that you paid for my sin. I thank you that I'm saved now by grace through faith. And I thank you that rest is my reward. Replenish my soul. Refresh me in Jesus' name. Make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. As I worship you right now, and as I glorify God, I pray that your presence come on my life in a powerful way. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Come on, let's worship Him.